This episode of the BJJ Campaign Podcast is brought to you by Speed Pro East Bay in Alameda, California, in the heart of the San Francisco Bay Area. They're the source for premium visual solutions to spruce up your interior space. From window decals and wall murals to conference room graphics and directional signage, create a work environment that is tailored to your brand. They'll not only print your custom graphics, but do installation as well. Visit eastbayspeedpro.com. That's E-A-S-T-B-A-Y-S-P-E-E-D-P-R-O.com. And mention the BJJ Campaign Podcast for 15% off your first order. Also, Eddie is a jiu-jitsu guy, so folks go out there and support him. I'm about to feed him to the sharks right now. Get him hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it, and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it goes. Right. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's, that's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. You know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll. Welcome to this episode of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, two stripes. Phil Coors, A2, blue belt, one stripe. Jack Davenport, A2, second degree white belt. It's intense. So we're going to introduce Jack, uh, not our usual guest. We met Jack last year at the Origin Jiu-Jitsu Immersion Camp, and he was a member in Cabin 5, he no lost jelly, his, only jam. It's true. It's true. He lost his bag. He showed up to Origin with nothing but the clothes on his back. To be fair, he didn't lose his bag. The airline lost his bag. And thank you for that, Jeff. That was, <laughs> it wasn't your fault, Jack. Stop beating yourself up for it. I need this kind of support in my life. And it's just like, it's that type of thing that it's kind of always like that with Jack. It's very funny. Very funny. So anyway, we uh, kept in touch a little bit after the camp last year. We talked throughout the year. Jack was going to come over and uh, come do a competition with us. He bailed. And uh, I kind of forgot about that right until this moment. That was a punk move, man. I, f- I totally forgot about it right until I, I was totally talking about, about it. Too. We I kept in bail. touch a little bit. I tore my ACL. That's bailing, dude. Tomorrow. You can't tear your <laughs> ACL and not show up at a tournament, all right? So I really couldn't make it. They sell braces and stuff. Anyway, so we kept in touch. Uh, Jack somehow got on our flight to come up here. <laughs> and uh, we've been hanging out ever since. But I think he's got a super interesting um, jiu-jitsu story so far. So far, And uh, let's hear some of it. Well, too, just to... To go on with that, you know, Jack is the, certainly the abnormal guest on our podcast. Thank you for and clarifying in, that. In several houses. several times. <laughs> I, I think they all get how abnormal the guest today is. Um, one more thing, because I I can't forget this. Um, so last night during a demonstration, James. <laughs> James Klingerman, who's pretty good at jiu-jitsu, is demonstrating uh, the Von Flew choke, which I believe is um, BJJ Fanatics, which is a pretty respectable like jiu-jitsu publication uh, that was like their number one most either dangerous or like 
high percentage finishing submission choke. James Klingerman's Von Flew. James is demonstrating it. Um, just just answering questions last night, hanging out, and I was like, or somebody asked, "Can I see the Von Flew?" He shows it, you know, and then Jack's like, "I'm I'm having an issue with it." So, <laughs> so walk us through the issue, Jack. There, there wasn't an issue. I'm I learned right then never to ever ask a question again at that in front of 50 people when I'm a second degree white belt. All right. Well, we learned di- that we, we disagree a little bit. We, disagree. we totally disagree because it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was really comedy relief. I think it was a legitimate question. So what was happening was on, on his Von Flew choke, James, um, from the guillotine will hop to the side, basically to pass the guard right away, end up in a side control type position. Uh, he connects his hands and he drives the shoulder pressure into the neck. And where you were having trouble was he was chasing you and spinning in circles, you know, to relieve the pressure off his neck. I blame Dan. Dan is a horrible person. Partner. Partner. So, just kidding. So. I'm not. So he went to basically have you walk well he asked you to demonstrate what was happening and then he was going to walk you through um kind of so you could problem solve the situation and that was funny what happened but moving on so we'll get to the the important part is when james went to demonstrate you know this is you know how you block the hit so he cannot follow you then what happened then I moved his leg to where it was supposed to be to finish the Von Flew choke. Jack Davenport, second degree white belt, moved James Klingerman's third degree black belt legs out of position. Out of position. And it was a huge mistake. <laughs> I do regret that. That is my uh, camp regret this year and probably it's going to be hard to beat that one um i've uh i've been to what's it what do you think 20 seminars last time if it was seven days maybe 20 seminars and then 10 so far and that's the best moment of jujitsu camp between the last (laughs) two years i've never seen anyone move anyone's leg or any body part the whole time except for jack (laughs) (laughs) and it's and it's I'm fucking, I'm speechless. So, so Jack, we love. I, I wanted to stick my head in the sand after that <laughs> happened. I wanted to go over off the mat, off the pavilion. It's the outside pavilion and just kind of dig a hole over there and stick my head in it and um, chill out for the rest of the night. <laughs> we're glad you didn't, Jack. And listen, folks, we're giving Jack a hard time because we love him. I mean, that that is the God's honest truth is that we love him. And and the reason that we brought you, Jack, on the podcast is that there's a lot of people who haven't been as lucky as Phil and I and been healthy for our complete jujitsu journey to this point, right? But Jack, you're you're a, a, a testament to resilience in that because you have been. I don't know if I, I don't, if I tore my ACL, if I would have, you know, had injuries that you sustained, been out for six months, been out for seven months, and come back to training. I don't know if I could have done it. And you know, uh, that's that's just a testament to 
to to your force of will, the force of nature that Jack Davenport is. And so, um, you know, give us a little background about, you know, kind of where you were, um, you know, how maybe a little bit of how you got hurt and, and what your mindset was when that happened. Okay. Well, thank you, Jeff, for all those kind words. I think you exaggerated a little bit, but thanks, buddy. A lot. This is a <laughs> podcast, Jack. <laughs> Um, well, the first injury I had that put me out for six months was a rib injury and it was a high rib injury. And basically this huge guy kind of just crunched me in inwards. <laughs> and, uh, I was out for six months for that. And every time you would sneeze or laugh, you would get a panic attack because you knew the pain was about to come and it's the worst feeling in the world. So that was the first one. Then about a couple months later, I got a bottom, bottom rib popped out, but that was just the floater rib. So that was only about six weeks, but that still sucked bad too. Sure. I've had that one. It does suck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you can't train, you can't do shit and, um, that sucks. But, uh, this last one was really, really bad because I had a bad feeling about it in the beginning. We went over a move and then we were practicing it live. We would start out in the move. At one point in the move live, and it was the last round, and there's this new guy, big guy, and um, very brand new, new guy, big guy. <laughs> and, uh, Why were you paired with him? Because I mean, you're jacked and all, Jack, yeah. but you know, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing five seven and one sixty. Yeah, one five six, one sixty. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Anyway, so I uh, went with him, and 30 seconds later, my uh, ACL was snapped, and uh, that's... Is he still doing jiu-jitsu? No, he actually tore his pec um, in the tournament, so he's not doing jiu-jitsu anymore. Is he going to come back after his pec's healed? I don't know the guy too well. He was brand new um, to the whole deal. That son of a bitch. I know. I want to go down and whip his ass right now, Jack. <laughs> I know. But shit happens, and um, you know everything happens for a reason. So uh, I've um, come to terms with it, and everything's cool. So, when did you get your second degree on your wife? Say that. I actually got my second degree. Um, my second degree right before, right after I got my knee, um, my ACL torn. Um, There's promotions about a week later, and I didn't know it was torn. Well, yeah, I didn't know it was torn, so um, it was then. So in December, all right, is when I got it. And how long have you been doing jujitsu, even with the layoffs? I mean, how many? When did you start? Um, I think I've been doing it three years. And uh, the way I came into it was um, I was doing kickboxing, and I kept seeing on the UFC all these guys getting finished by this jujitsu and. It was amazing because, I mean, everybody was winning, getting submitted, these guys, and uh, nobody knew how to do anything with it, and I just saw how powerful it was. So I went, and I went one time, and uh, I'm OCD, so I don't really like being close to people, and, uh, and uh, I'm weird about smells and things like that, mm -hmm. and, um, and being in awkward positions with, man, these are some freaking awkward positions in jiu-jitsu, man. And so I would go one day 
And then I would wait a week before I got the courage to go back the next week. And I wouldn't roll. I would just go to class, do what it was. And then a week and a half later, I would finally go back. And so then I started going two times. And then I started to roll a little bit. And then, and then everything got comfortable. And now, you know, I love it. And everything's cool. Even, you know. So going, going back and trying to hit the table. Um, (laughs) the going back to like when you were going once a week and it it was awkward positions, like what specifically, because it was weird for me. Like I, I don't touch people. Like I, I just don't, you know, and then you go into jujitsu and people are like, Phil doesn't talk to people much less touch them. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. And then you're wearing, you know, ninja pajamas and people are sitting on me and I'm like, uh, you know, but. It, it it was weird, but it it wasn't something that I was like uh, you know enough to being uncomfortable. And I've been lucky in the sense that like a lot of people struggle with like uh, being claustrophobic when they're mounted and things, and that's never really bothered me. So like, which which positions did you find weird? I don't know when like somebody's crotch is on your head. I mean, <laughs> right, like well. when somebody's sitting on your face. Um, uh, I'm in between a guy's legs with his legs wrapped around me. I mean, it wasn't what I was used to. <laughs> Let's say that. Well, and, I mean, expect, except in your dancing days, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, little yeah. different, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a I don't big really difference. Talk about those days. Uh, oh, sorry, John. Yeah, sorry. yeah. So, um, but no. So it was really, really difficult, and um, so, but I got over it because I knew how important. And how special this whole thing is and how powerful it is. And um, it's just, uh, I had to do it. So I had to come over it, but, you know, overcome it. But it took a while. (laughs) And and listen, I love that. And and you kind of told us the why. But what I want to know and probably what what our listeners want to know, people, I mean, because, again, people out there are struggling with this exact same situation, right? I mean you are unique, but not in that way. Right. So, so how, how did you, was it just the inoculation of multiple and repetitive times of being in those positions? Or was it that, that every time that you would get in that position, you'd tell yourself, Hey, this is going to be something, this is going to mean something someday. This is, this is important to me. How did you kind of, again, I know the why, because it was important to you, but how, did you actually um, get over that? Well, so I kept coming and, um, you know, I'm looking around, observing everybody and I'm realizing how normal it is for them and how it's just like, that's it. They're having fun. They're doing this really well and everything's normal. Nothing's weird about it. And so I started noticing that every time, every time. And then the more I did it, the less weird it got and you know and you were having fun too right oh yeah definitely definitely and one of the major benefits is is i have you know things in my life that i have to um meditate on and um try and clear your head and uh when you're doing jujitsu there's not any other thought in your head except what's going on right there and so that's really the selling point with me with jujitsu no that that's important and i hope you don't mind us bringing this up on the podcast uh 
and, and I'll cut it out if you do. Um, but you know, your wife, Mallory of nine years has been battling cancer the, almost the entire time that you guys have been married. Yeah. She was diagnosed, uh, six months with Hodgkin's, Hodgkin's lymphoma after we got married. Um, and that's the, uh, that's supposed to be, and I'm doing quotation marks, um, the easiest cancer to cure. If you want to, if you get cancer, that's the one you want to get. Well, anyways, she was part of like the 3% that, was just chemo resistant and she has been through hell. She, um, for nine years and, uh, she's chemo after chemo. Um, she's had a stem cell, stem cell transplant at MD Anderson. Um, they have to drill into her. They, you, they drill into her bones all the time to see. Yeah, it's just a, she's, um, she's the toughest person on the planet. And, um, so that's what she's been going through, and uh, it's it's hard to hard to watch that your loved one um, go through such pain, and there's not there's absolutely nothing you can really do to alleviate. You just feel like kind of a spectator and to a bad movie. Yeah, yeah, and, and jujitsu helps you get through it, right? Oh yeah, well jujitsu lets me release out any type of um, you know uh, energy that uh, you know being frustrated, not being able to do anything. And just also the, the serenity of the moment in jujitsu is, um, something you really can't replicate. Yeah. Because if you think about something else or the situation that Mallory's in, you're going to get the shit choked out of you. <laughs> yeah. That happens anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm only a second degree white belt. <laughs> And, and I want to bring it back because this was one of the things, um, you know, I, the, the listeners all know my story and that, that I got into jujitsu jiu because of Jocko Welling. Jocko's here. Um, well, and that's, and sorry to interrupt, but no, go. Um, that's another reason I'm, you know, I started listening to Jocko like from number four and uh, I was just like, man, this guy's badass. He can do everything. He just makes himself do all of this stuff. It's it's great, and it's like if he's talking all this about jujitsu, like oh man, it's just the greatest thing. And this tough guy does it, yeah, you know, and it's so beneficial for him. I'm gonna give this guy a shot because he seems like he knows what he's talking about. Oh, for, <laughs> uh, for, he, he legit, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's it. Um, so so you know, and 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 I've told this story before, not on here, but but. You know, people say never meet your heroes. Well, they're wrong whenever they talk about Jocko Willing because yeah, I, I witnessed firsthand whenever you went and talked to Jocko about what Mallory was going to going through, and what did he do? Yeah, he um he did a video for her, and um, I put it on Mallory's Facebook, and man, she must have watched it fifty times, and um I did too. I mean, it was just uh it really pumped her up because at that moment she was actually going through um trying to find a new treatment because she had regressed. And so, so that was that. And, um, but no, it really meant, I mean, I can't really tell you how much it meant to both of us. Um, helped yeah. us through this because, um, it's tough. It's tough for everybody. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. And I love your outlook on it, Jack. You're always positive, man. You always say, you know, you always see the bright side of it. You always, you know, say things could be worse. Oh yeah. And they could, they have been, you know, yeah. and, um, we, uh, we are thankful. We, um, we're not really, we don't really have pity parties because if you do, you, um, you die 
And um, so I'll tell you one story. So when she went to MD Anderson to get the stem cell transplant, they uh, make you see a psychologist over there. Um, the uh, you know they made Mallory see a psychologist sure. to evaluate her and whatnot. And um, the lady said to her, she was like, you know, I'm not really worried about you. She was like, and she told, and she was like, and I'm gonna tell you why. And um, she said, within the first 15 minutes of being diagnosed with cancer, the patient decides right then if they are the victim or the victor. And that affects their whole journey throughout that process. And it's a hell of a process. And um, that's, that's true. And Mallory, she's a victor. I mean, she's, she should have been dead a couple of times. I mean, she was on her deathbed. And um, God has brought her back every time. And, and another thing is, is you know, we, um, we're not bitter or um, anything. We know God has a plan. And um, we, uh, we just try to handle this situation that we've been given um, to the best of our ability, according to what, what he would want. Yeah, no, no, it's very admirable. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot to go through, Jack. It's a lot to go through. And we're going to, we're going to switch this up because uh, we're, we're all tearing up here. I am, you know, uh, uh, and, and it's partly laughter, partly seriousness, but, but um, why don't you tell us the story of, of Brian Neff, our, our uh, Cabin 5 brethren, who actually used to be the leader of Cabin 5, but now it's Dan. Uh, but why don't you tell us the story of the first time that he met Jocko? <laughs> Can I say this joke on the radio? It's a podcast. Nobody yeah. cares. Nobody cares. All right. So uh, Brian is this guy, man, man. We all love this guy. He was one of the most energetic, charismatic characters you'll ever meet in your life. And um, short, blonde guy, great at jujitsu, just wiry. Um, but he had this joke. He was he had us cracking up with jokes all all week. So we'll um, we'll leave out the expletives on this uh, on the um, last part of the expletives. But but yes, proceed. Okay, dog. And so uh, <laughs> so one of his jokes that we all thought was funny was. Um, he said, what's the difference between jelly and jam? Nobody knew. And he goes, I never tried to jam my, I never tried to jelly my blank up anybody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> so he thought that was the funniest joke we ever heard. So one morning I go to um, breakfast. And I'm late, and Jocko was sitting at our table. He, he would go around and sit with people and talk to them while they eat, eat and eat breakfast. We were all there, yeah. all of us. And uh, the whole cabin was there, and he was there. So I get down late, and there's kind of a lull in the conversation. So I tell Brian, I'm like, Brian, tell Jocko your joke. <laughs> and he's immediately shaking his head, and he's turning red. He's like, no, I'm not going to tell him that. And by the way, folks... Brian was such a Jocko fanboy, like he could barely even talk to him. And we were encouraging him. Everyone at that table was encouraging him, encouraging him to tell Jocko that joke. Yeah, well, Jeff, you you really, I think you really sealed the deal. You're a great salesman, and I think uh, I think you really sealed the deal. But, it, you know, I, I didn't relent either. So he told the joke to Jocko. 
And Jocko just sat there and looked like stone cold, like he had just like shot some ISIS people and um, <laughs> just nodded his head up and down and did not say a word. <laughs> and then about 30 seconds later, walked off. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian's face turned bright red. And the, the ambiance of the table was so uncomfortable that I was laughing. I had tears and my face was cramping up from laughing so much. And it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. That's all I got to say. Maybe one of the greatest stories ever. Yeah. I wish, I wish we would have gotten that on video. Oh, that would have been gold. Yeah. Phil, why are you sitting here with a disgusted look on your face? That was a hilarious story. Why it was is it? a hilarious story. <laughs> Do you all want to tell the other two jokes? They're not that bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what's the difference between a lentil and a chickpea? What I don't it? know, Jack. What is? Well, I wouldn't pay $20 to have a lentil on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is the best. He should have gone with that one. Yeah, well, he should have gone with that one. Well, no, Ben told one, told a different one, um, because to try and save him. Because, like, ladies and gentlemen, the the table was awkward after that. <laughs> it was awkward, say the least. And I could not stop laughing. I mean, I was crying. I was inaudible, uh, inaudibly crying. So the next joke, Ben's this guy from Minnesota, really cool guy, um, and he's like, oh, okay, well, listen to this one. He's like, so this guy checks into the hotel room. And so he goes to his room and then he comes back to the front desk and he asks the front desk guy, he's like, hey, is the porn in my room disabled? And so <laughs> the front desk guy's sitting there, like looking at him, just really weird. And then he's like almost just getting mad. And then finally he just spats out, he's like, no, you sick fuck, it's regular porn. <laughs> That was the joke. He could have gone with either yeah, of those. Yeah, he could have gone, gone with either of those and they would have got a laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But. Just Jelly and Jam. <laughs> jelly and Jam's kind of a, you know, tight audience here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Phil, Phil, take this back. Steer this, cor course correct this uh, podcast, please. All right, we're going to cut. A majority of that out. <laughs> no, we're, we're cutting none of that out. <laughs> so, all right. So going back to jujitsu related struggles instead of the most socially awkward, <laughs> like he didn't even come back this year. <laughs> he didn't situation. come back. He didn't, ladies and gentlemen, he didn't. <laughs> Still hasn't recovered. He's like, yeah, maybe 2020. Maybe he won't remember and I can come back. <laughs> Uh, you would, you, you know, you worked your way from once a week to twice a week. I kind of went through a similar thing. I didn't want to roll forever. Cause I was, I had no idea what I was doing. I'm smaller than 99% of the people in there. Um, how long before you started like rolling? Um, man. So like I would go for one week, once a week, and then I moved up to two in about two weeks. And then. About three weeks later, I um, moved to three a week, and then 
I don't know. I would say it was a good two and a half to three months before. What, what made you start, Jack? Like what, what did somebody, did one of your training partners say like, Hey man, why don't you stay to roll or, you know, what, what kind of, cause I'm always interested cause I, from the very first time on jitsu, I rolled and, and I loved it. But what, what made you go? Can you remember anyone saying, Hey, stay roll, do whatever. No, actually nobody did. Um, it was a, it, I was going to the night classes and, um, nobody really did. But, uh, what made me do it is, um, I was listening to our instructor talk and he was saying, look, if you don't roll, you're not going to get this. You might as well not even, you know, mm -hmm. um, this is kind of pointless if you're not going to roll. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it and so i would roll and i would just roll for a little bit like maybe one or two because i felt awkward and then um i always felt awkward because i didn't know the etiquette i didn't know you know and i mean you hear the stories spaz white belts and you know i didn't want to be I, I wanted to have good etiquette and uh didn't really know what good etiquette was you didn't have the bjj campaign podcast then to no. tell you <laughs> well <laughs> no, you I didn't. you actually probably started rolling before me i mean i yeah i think yeah. i was closer to like four if not more months oh, so you really did have the same problem yeah might have been more yeah mm -hmm. like i trained for a long time twice a week probably almost six months like and i i just wouldn't roll i enjoyed the class but my thing was i didn't know what i was doing well, that was part of the awkwardness for me. Yes. And a big, big issue I had was I, I didn't like, uh, I didn't like feeling like I was wasting people's time. Yes. Because it's yes. like, you're not training against me. You're just smashing the crap out of me. Yeah. Being considered. Because I didn't understand in like six months to a year, I'm going to be one of the, the best training partners these people have. Mm -hmm. So what other than, you know, the etiquette, any other any other hangups like any other anything or any other things that you were unsure of that, that that made you not want to do it well not as much as i don't like well i didn't like losing nobody likes losing know? losing and sucks i didn't like you know just being easy to beat mm -hmm. as well <laughs> um so you still are jack <laughs> i know and and i'm okay with that yeah yeah that's that well and that goes back to a bunch of mindset stuff, but I totally agree with what you're saying. Losing sucks. I lose to Jeff every time. It's annoying, mm. especially because it's Jeff. Yeah. It's super annoying. Oh, God. But I can't imagine. That's what. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Actually, I do know exactly what it feels like. I mean, and I, it is super annoying. I, I've said before, I think competition helped me because I, I was so focused on these other unknown people it was like, if Jeff's going to triangle me 46 times in a row, I don't care if it helps me not get triangled by this other guy. That's a first. So, uh, you know, competitions help me, I think, keep the correct, at best as I can, perspective on who the competition is. Mm -hmm. Because losing does suck. Mm -hmm. I don't like getting triangled 46 times. Yeah. You know, but as long as this other guy doesn't do it, it happened to me once in competition, hasn't happened again. So that, you know, that has helped me a lot. So I, I agree with what you're saying with losing sucks and well, it takes a super long time to feel like you're not always losing. Yeah. And, but there's so much to know. And, um, it's just, uh, 
I don't know. I was, I was getting kind of overwhelmed because I set high expectations for myself, mm-hmm. you know, and, but, um, I got over it, you know, and then, but then I was noticing like, as like when I was noticing the guys, you know, everything looked normal at, at the beginning that it, what another thing that was normal was getting tapped out day in, day out by Joe Blow, you know? Um, and so it wasn't just me losing all the time you know all these other people are getting choked and whatnot so so i put that in perspective and um everything was cool but um it's been a completely humbling experience and um changed me for the better that's for damn sure and uh all of that the losing the coming to terms actually you know just actually starting out um doing something i'm totally uncomfortable with damn, that sucked <laughs> forcing myself to do that. But uh, yeah, no, nah, man, this has been a great, great thing for me. And uh, I think it's the greatest thing in the world. What made you come to camp last year? Was last year your first time? Yeah, last year was my first time. And um, Jocko, I heard Jocko talking about it. And um, I just, uh, and then, so I speak Spanish. I'm fluent in Spanish. And the, By the way, uh, folks, Phil didn't believe that Jack was fluent in Spanish. Not at all. Until he had a conversation completely in Spanish with someone. Getting him, getting Phil a special dinner because they have the hookups in the kitchen. Yeah. Sure. That's what happens. It was cookies and you snacks. You son of a bitch, Phil. Yeah. What a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, anyway, so uh, the way I learned Spanish was I lived in Mexico and I was immersed in it constantly. And... um so I saw the immersion camp training three, three times a day with world-class black belts. It was just kind of a, and then Jocko was going to be there and he's saying, look, this is if you really want to up your game. So I was like, well, let's give it a shot. It sounds logical. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I, I mean, I totally agree. It was interesting to me because, you know, the camp was brought to me and I immediately think it's a great idea. Like I love doing jujitsu. I would love to do jujitsu every day. I would also love to do it multiple times a day. Yeah. And you where know? can you, where can you do that? Nowhere. So th- that, that's why I asked because if your training schedule was once a week, you know, twice a week and you weren't taking it as serious, but I mean, coming here is a commitment. I mean, it costs a bit of money, you know, it takes a week. It's hard to just, take a week off, you know, come all the way across the country and, you know, really dedicate a good amount of time to something. So that, that's what is interesting to me is when that switch clicked from being, you know, uncomfortable, not, not dedicating a bunch of time to, to finding it important and making it a priority, at least for a week to do it. Yeah, no, it's, um, best idea. This, well, the thing is, like, so, okay, let's say we're not going to remember all the moves we've learned. Not even close. But right. the movements we're doing, and we're doing it so much, these movements, these fluid movements, we are going to go back so much more fluid than just by that, just by doing these drills, I mean, drills, learning these new techniques, we're getting our body into different movements, and it's it's going to be a game changer. <laughs> For sure. You might even get your third degree when you get back and they see how badass you are. I got, I got my fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just think it's cool. Um, we were talking earlier and I think, I think there's a lot of people in your situation 
we rolled, you know, he did it right away. Loved it. I took forever to do it. But once I did it, I was hooked, you know, and I knew this was going to be something I'm doing for a while. Yeah. You know, like first day I was like, I, I've got to have more. And you had the total opposite experience. I have a very strong feeling. There's a lot more people who feel like you than there are like us. And that's why I'd like, I would, um, would like to ask and get your thoughts on how you overcame this stuff because, you know, it's still relatively fresh. And I think it's important for other people to, to realize like, you know, they hear podcasts all the time and, and all it is is people like us who love it. And they're like, these guys just love it. I, maybe I don't love it. Maybe it's not for me. I don't think that's the truth. Um, our instructors talked a lot about taking, you know, you can get a bunch of tough guys and if you just throw them in and train with them every day and you don't really teach them shit, eventually they're, they'll figure some stuff out, but they were already tough. And he believes you can take a room of people like me who were not tough and make them into tough guys eventually. Yeah through jujitsu and i totally believe that 100 percent. and i think that's going to it's already happened with you i um the motivation was is like i knew how good this was for me i could see the benefits and i'm like man i am being a pussy not doing this because of these little hiccups and i just saw and i just waited logically i'm like man this is so good for me why can't I do this is because I'm being a bitch. And so I just focused on how good it is for me because it is, it is so good for you mentally, physically, spiritually. It's so good for you. And, um, so that's what I focused on and that's what made me do it. Yeah. And, and I did not want someone else knowing how to do this shit on me and not, know, <laughs> not be able to do it back. If, uh, you know, so situation arises yeah, yeah definitely yeah yeah they need more than those two guns yeah <laughs> it's right yeah that's right he was wearing a tank top today um <laughs> tell us about the reason you got your tattoo on your leg and that was to um know where your knee brace should be at oh the my bottom God. i hate you so much <laughs> i hate you so much i'm is that not the reason you got that? that? No, that's, thought, that's not the reason. No? Okay. No. All right. Well, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> um, seriously, though, Jack, uh, you know, even though Phil didn't act like it when he saw you at the airport, you know how he is. I know. It takes like, Phil, three to four days before he starts saying more than five sentences a day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Seriously, though, we love you, man. That's that's why we wanted you on here, and 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 I I hope that your experiences help others stay with this, you know. Because listen, this podcast is not about getting new people to jujitsu. We're no Jocko Willink or Joe Rogan. What our idea is to keep people training and to to get everyone to realize the benefits that we felt from jujitsu. And so thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your entire story. And um, if, do you have a book or anything that you're writing that you want to promote? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't have any books I'm writing, but um, no, I love you guys too, man. I really, we stayed in touch. I mean, immediately right after that and up to the whole thing. Um, So uh, 
and I'm really proud of you guys with this podcast. It's really good. I'm not blowing smoke up your asses. So, um, well, you. I mean, it's not really this podcast. It wasn't that good. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't want to air this, I'm totally okay with it. Okay? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just thank you. That that does mean a lot. Thank you. And Philly, BJCampaignPodcast.com. T-shirts. I was going to ask you something else. Facebook.com. <laughs> Slash BJJ campaign podcast. You see pictures of us with Jack. Jack's been working on his technique a lot. Yeah. It's still shitty, folks. It's still, I mean, but you well, know. I am like Robocop right now with the brace <laughs> you, on my knee. That's, that's like, his main that's what move, isn't it? That's, that's what yeah. His he main just, move is like, to, he's like, hey, you mind if we start in, in half guard? And then he gets on top and he just grinds your groin with a metal knee brace. <laughs> Not cool. Yeah. People tap to it though, you know. Yeah. It's been very effective. And I have a new move called brace across the face. <laughs> brace face. And that's where I um drag my knee brace across your face as hard as I can. A lot of taps to that. <laughs> a lot of taps to that. Uh so so yeah, also folks, if you're out there, you listen to this, uh Share it with you probably do jujitsu and you probably know friends who do jujitsu. So share this podcast with them. Uh, let's grow this together. And if you're not out there doing something to make yourself better each and every day, get out there and do it. Me, Phil, Jack, we all choose jujitsu. We hope you do too. This episode of the BJJ Campaign Podcast is brought to you by Speed Pro East Bay in Alameda, California, in the heart of the San Francisco Bay Area. They're the source for premium visual solutions to spruce up your interior space. From window decals and wall murals to conference room graphics and directional signage, create a work environment that is tailored to your brand. They'll not only print your custom graphics, but do installation as well. Visit eastbayspeedpro.com. That's E-A-S-T-B-A-Y-S-P-E-E-D-P-R-O.com. And mention the BJJ Campaign Podcast for 15% off your first order. Also, Eddie is a jiu-jitsu guy, so folks, go out there and support him. I'm about to feed him to the sharks right now. Get him hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. You know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll.